I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. We appreciate you tuning in each and every week. Remember, you can follow us on social media. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio. And wherever you get your social media, chances are we're there. Don't forget, you can also call the Rumble, uh, the Rumble. We're on Rumble, by the way. You can also call the Rapid Fire line, which is 508 444 2120. Any time of the day or night, you can also, uh, call when we're recording this show live. Um, and so, yes, 508 444 2120. And you can text us on that line. So if you have a question, you want to make a statement, you, you know, want to interact with us when we're, recording live, you can go ahead and send us a text or just jump on the chat. If you don't know what I'm talking about by the chat and recording this show live, you got to follow us on capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us. Follow us there, sign up, you'll get alerted whenever we go live. And if you follow us on some of the big three uh, social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you'll also be alerted by their um, notifications. So hopefully you'll like and subscribe wherever you find your social media. And uh, we're glad to be here. This is the first show back after SHOT Show. Uh, we got back from an exhausting week. Um, and Jerry Michalik did a post today that he is, you know, with that blue flag said, marked safe from the SHOT Show crud. And I, I can relate. I said, you know, I think I dodged a bullet. And um, knock on wood... I haven't caught the shot show crud either. So it was pretty funny um, when I was on the elevator uh, in, going from my hotel room down to the uh, casino floor of the Treasure Island where we stayed. And everyone was joking how when we packed in the elevator, it was like, you know, sardine can. And everyone's packing it. And Brendan, my business partner, says, it's all right. We all have COVID anyway. And... Uh, <laughs> Somebody said, um, yeah, I, uh, I hope I don't get the shot show crud. And some guy says, oh, if you don't leave sick, you're lying about being at shot show. So uh, he, he's a veteran. And so he was basically saying that there's no avoiding it. You can't get out of uh, shot show without um, some sort of sickness, illness, disease, infirmity uh, or virus. And I got to say, hey, so far, so good. I did come back with cellulitis in my feet, though, and that's kind of a, I know, a nasty little uh, thing. But that had nothing to do with SHOT Show. That had to do with my ridiculous idea that I thought it would be brilliant to go for a hike the Saturday before SHOT Show. And I was in Colorado because dropping my dad off 
And I'm like, you know what? This is a, I always do this when I go to Colorado. I go on some big hike because I'm trying to see all the cool parts of the state. And I'm down in Cheyenne Mountain uh, in Colorado Springs. There's a Cheyenne Mountain National Park there. And there's just hundreds of walking trails and hiking trails up and down the mountains. One side of the mountain was like icy snow covered and the other side is like beautiful sunny dry desert you know conditions or arid conditions and so I'm just really enjoying myself listening to an audiobook I actually finished Dan Waz's book uh good gun bad guy while I was on my hike and um so that was really cool and I'm just zipping around the mountain about three hours into it I noticed I'm getting blisters on my two pinky toes and I'm like, no, this can't be happening before, before shot show. And I, I realize I'm about, uh, 45 minutes from the truck and I have to go downhill. So if you've ever done a mountain climb of some sort and the down climb is the worst, in my opinion, number one, your toes are trying to go through the end of your boots. And number two, it's rough on the calves and the knees and everything else. So I'm down climbing and I realize that's the side of the hill that's snow covered. So I have to, if you go slow down the snow icy covered uh, trail, you're going to end up on your back. You're going to be staring at the sky. So I have to literally run down the sloped parts so that when I get to the bottom of the slope parts, I don't fall down, you know, so you don't fall down the slope parts. So I'm like running down the mountain and, you know, trying not to blow my toes out any worse than they are. And I get to the truck finally after 45 minutes, drive to my hotel or where I was staying, take my shoes and socks off. And sure enough, there's no skin left on the two pinky toes. And I'm, I'm like, you're an idiot. I can't believe you did this before shot show. Then I go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, get ready, and turn the corner. I was at a campground, by the way, uh, not a hotel. And so I turn the corner, and I stub my pinky toe on this wooden platform for this outdoor shower that's all shut down, and I just blow my toe up. Nail gone, end of it, bleeding everywhere. have to get a medical oh, kit, my. medical kit from the office, and I'm like, this is unbelievable that I just made it 10 times worse. I literally broke my toe and everything else before SHOT Show. So it was ridiculous, um, ridiculous idea to do this type of a hike. I could have like went on a nice level ground hike and done a two-hour walk, finished my book and seen some good scenery. But no, I have to be the alpinist that's, you know, I'm channeling some alpinist, uh, I don't know, inner self that is trying to come out, you know, like, Sir Edmund Hillary, because it's there, you know, that's why I got to go, that's why I got to go hike the mountain. But anyway, uh, (laughs) it was ridiculous. And so sure enough, like day two of SHOT Show, I realized this isn't going so good. And I was looking at those like little scooters that you see people disabled or have some mobility issues riding around in. And I'm looking at them with extreme jealousy because every step was excruciating pain. And I'm not exaggerating. Brendan, I, I feel bad for Brendan because he probably got sick of hearing me and he probably looked at me and was like, you know, this dog, I got to just put him out of his misery. So Anyway, uh, but if you want to call the show about something other than my feet, you're welcome to. It's 508-444-2120, and uh, that's the rapid fire line. We have um, 
which, by the way, just to complete that story, I, 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 when I got home, I went to urgent care. They're like, we're not even going to bother x-raying your foot, even though it's like black and blue, because we're not going to do anything for you if it's broken, your toe is broken. I said, okay, fair enough. I'm sure it is. And he said, yeah, it probably is. Uh, but we got to give you some antibiotic for the cellulitis that's forming. I had like creeping death following, you know, growing up my foot. So I'm on day three of antibiotic. and But that's the only thing. Maybe I didn't get the shot show crud because I'm on the antibiotic. I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I don't think it was the socks killed Joy. I think it was uh, he's saying I need thick socks for hiking. I, I hike in darn tufts. So... I had the right socks for the job, but I had these Danner boots that I had just bought like a month prior when I was in Colorado, and they probably weren't broken in because uh, I don't wear them every day. So that's what it was. But anyway, uh, I know you guys didn't join the show to hear me cry on your shoulder, but we're going to get to gun stuff next. <laughs> I promise if you want to call 508 2120 And do you have the knowledge you need to save a life in a bleeding emergency? Our Stop the Bleed class will give you the training you need in an emergency situation when professional help has not yet arrived. Check the calendar at capegunworks.com for the class this Sunday. You don't want to miss it. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, a weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Our poll of the day, or the week, I should say. The poll of the week is, what right would you like to see restored first? The assault weapons ban removed, the approved weapons roster done away with, the mag capacity ban, go bye-bye, and legally owned suppressors. So those are your four choices Go to uh, Rapid Fire Radio on Twitter or go to the rapidfireradio.us and vote. Right now we are trending at 100% want the approved weapons roster to go away. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some diversity in that poll. So go over to Twitter, Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, or rapidfireradio.us and make sure you vote. And by the way, today's discount code for our Rapid Fire listeners is machine gun so we have 
Machine Gun will get you a very special discount off your entire purchase at Cape Gunworks. So we appreciate everyone listening. So we do that for just our listeners. Make sure you keep those cards close to your chest. Um, <laughs> I have some people who text me or direct message me on social media. Hey, what was this week's discount code? I'm like, you got to go back and listen to the show. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the cheat code. This isn't like, this isn't so you can win Call of Duty or like Contra back in the day, like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, BA. If you know, you know. Uh, so, uh, we're not giving you cheat codes. You got to listen to the show, man, to get the, to get the benefit, right? Anyway, um, interesting stuff. We got to see a lot and do a lot at SHOT Show. Got to shoot a ton of cool guns. Um, and some of the stuff that I have found I really like the most from SHOT, I didn't even get to see. It, it was kind of sad, but um, <clears throat> I know Bond Arms came out with a really cool AR-15 lever action receiver that works with any AR upper. Um, so that was cool. I didn't see that till after. And it was funny because, you know, I saw Bond Arms there and their booth was in close proximity to some of the other booths I went to. But I'm like, I, I already know their Derringer thing. And like, so I didn't think about like they might have some groundbreaking new gun there. And so anyway, um, I went, I never went there. And then on the way out, I went and saw one of Dustin Ellerman, Top Shot Dustin's videos about it. And I was like, oh, man. So, yeah, it looked pretty cool. So that was one of the things. Um, I saw a bunch of cool guns that can be sold in Massachusetts now um, That because they're making them in a carbine version. So Bruger and Thormit B&T makes high-quality Swiss rifles, and they had three offerings, the B&T APC 556, the APC 308, and the GMBH, I think it is, or uh, GHB or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but that's their 9mm pistol caliber carbine, and uh, which actually I'll dovetail right from the text line. Someone's asking, can I explain to them what a pistol caliber carbine is? Uh, well, Brian, that is a carbine. It's a, it's a rifle that's designed to shoot basically what's commonly and ordinarily found in a pistol, like a 9mm 38 Special, um, you know, some of the OG pistol caliber carbines were the lever guns by Henry and Winchester, you know, the 44 Magnums and stuff like that, but, um, the or 22, but there was this rage in the last six, eight years to make whatever the modern sporting rifle of the day was, like a AR-15 or an AK-47 or um, that style or that pattern gun in a uh, pistol caliber. So it reduces cost. It's still very good for defensive situations in the home. It's cheaper to shoot, uh, lower recoil, and a lot of them use commonly already ordinarily owned magazines like Glock Mag, for instance, um, so a bunch of companies have jumped on the bandwagon. Ruger, Smith & Wesson um, hasn't quite come out with the pistol caliber version yet, although um, I was really pushing them hard when I was on the Retail Advisory Council to come out with a nice 9mm pistol caliber carbine. Um, but there's uh, POF came out with a lever action magazine-fed um, pistol caliber carbine at SHOT Show, and that was one of their big offerings and i had a round table the other night with another group of podcasters uh from 
gun websites. And we talked about that POF gun, which was kind of their big unveiling. And they, um, I think, fell a little flat just based on cost. And I understand how much it must have cost them to develop this gun. And it's super cool. It takes the Remington 870 stock, especially the Magpul stock. And it looks awesome. It's very tactical. It's a lever action 9mm uh, detachable mag. The problem with it is it's like $2,100 or $2,000 cost. So I think that's a, a very expensive offering. And also, Henry came out with a pistol caliber carbine in semi-auto, which I found really funny that Henry, which is known for its lever guns, comes out with one in semi-auto. POF, which is known for its semi-autos, comes out with a lever gun. And I think Henry really did it uh, well. They came out with a wood stock uh, semi-auto pistol caliber carbine that's around a $1,000 price point. So half the cost of the lever gun and... Uh, doesn't look scary, so if you're in a band state like ours, it's got some wood furniture to it. So that was pretty cool. So that's kind of what the all the rage is at um, at um, around the pistol caliber carbine. They're very popular, fun to shoot, and cheap and cheerful. Uh, but let me know what you think. What do you think about those pistol caliber carbines? You can call or text 508-444-2120. And this week's winner... Yes, you can win if you listen to Rapid Fire, is David S. He is the winner of the Cape Gunworks t-shirt. So um, go ahead and look for an email from us. And this week we're giving away a vintage box of this Norinco 223 Remington Boxer Prime non-corrosive brass reloadable cased ammo. Uh, So it's 223 Rem uh, made by Norinco. These were pretty common back in the day and they were they were pretty cool um so anyway uh want to go to the phones let's go to the phones we got uh joe on the line go ahead um my name is joe vilani i um i have um my grandfather's uh shotguns in a broker in italy and um i would like to get them to a broker here in the united states Joe, I, I could, I hate this question because it's the one thing I can honestly say I do horribly at. And if I tell you to give me all the information and we're going to import this gun for you, um, I think we're going to set you up for disappointment. Not because I don't want to help. I am eager and willing to help. And that's one, one thing my staff hates so much about me is because I don't say no to anything or anybody. I said, we're the spirit of yes, we will get it done. And I don't want, I don't want to tell you yes and then underperform. But if you're not in a rush, yeah, we'll help you. If you don't mind waiting a long time, uh, it's, it's just, uh, uh, we have to feel our way through it. We've never successfully imported a gun from out of out of the country, and I got pretty close the last time. But then, like they're they're like, "What f- freight forwarder and customs agent are you using?" And I'm like, "I don't know. What do you mean, what customs agent?" And so the person I was dealing with just finally gave up and said, "Forget it. You suck." Uh, <laughs> We'll go somewhere else. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I tried. I don't know. 
It's not in my wheelhouse. It's not in my everyday swing set. I do NFA stuff all the time. I can do that. And I know that if I told you to bring, you know, bring the info to us and we'll help you, it'll end up on my desk. And that would be the last, that would be where it went to die. Um, apparently there are some people in this state that specialize in importing firearms from out of country and they don't need their import export license to do this. I can, you can do it on behalf of somebody a couple times a year here and there. Um, but there's people that are set up that do this all the time. They already have freight forwarding companies and customs agents that they work with. They know the drill, especially as it pertains to firearms. And, you know, maybe one of these days we'll educate ourselves. But there is a way of doing it, I, and I wish I could tell you we're your one-stop shop for that. But right now I would say I don't want to let you down. So, yeah, so G-Webs is saying this is a really cool box of ammo. So you want to you want to go ahead and register to win. Go to rapidfireradio.us and sign up to win. Um, you just scroll down a little bit and enter the contest. We'll pull the winner on next week's show. Um, so if you want the Norinco 223 vintage ammo, we got it and, uh, you can, you can get it too. So there you have that. Um, so getting back to SHOT Show, I know a lot of people were asking how was the trip and what was the cool stuff I saw out there. And one of the cool things I saw, um, was Nemo Arms came out with a 22 carbine and I thought that was really cool because it's, um, you know, their traditional AR-15, but it's 22 LR built from the factory from the ground up for that. And so that's huge because I'll be able to sell that here in Massachusetts. It's got a two-port muzzle brake, a nice full-length uh, handguard. Now, that's a gun that is going to push probably 2000 bucks retail, if not more, because nothing from Nemo is cheap, but it's all top-shelf quality. Um, so in my case, I'd probably prefer something like that over, you know, one of the cheaper uh, 22 carbines if I was going to do a lot of like competition or steel challenge matches or stuff like that where you know you want good reliability hard to use re- reliable guns um, but Nemo Arms makes phenomenal guns uh, they're also a, a part of the personal defense network training tour which we are going to be a part of again this year so I'm pretty excited about that so if you haven't um, if you have no idea what we're talking about we'll, as we get closer we'll bring you up to speed on that but you can sign up to some exceptional classes if you go to personaldefensenetwork.com uh, you'll see what we mean but February brings exciting new classes to Cape Gunworks we have Pistol 1 our basic class Pistol 2 continues to build back basic skills Pistol 3 draws from the holster and Pistol 4 puts it all together for you so go to capegunworks.com and check the calendar for these new classes on Mondays. Every Monday night is going to be one of these classes. So you want to check it out. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points 
including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we're fresh back from SHOT Show, and we're heading to another show next week. So if you're listening to this and you're, you typically listen at 4 p.m. on Wednesday afternoons, you're going to want to make a note because we're going to be broadcasting Rapid Fire next Tuesday from 4 to 6 instead of Wednesday from 4 to 6 because I'll be on a plane or I'll already be in Texas on Wednesday. So going to another show, the NBS show, that's more of a buying group show or a buyer show. So it's a lot different than SHOT Show. And, uh, you know, it's funny, a lot of people, and myself included, for the last few years used to live kind of vicariously through the people that go to SHOT Show. And one of my customers lamented today that it it's not open to the public. And I said, well, you got to understand that I think uh, there was about 55,000 people there and they're all industry professionals. If they opened it to the public, it would be uh, just a, you know, a million people there. So um, it's, it's not a, a consumer show per se. So that's what like NRA is and some of the other shows as well. And there's a lot of big gun shows out there. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to some of those other consumer-driven shows, um, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see how they go. But um, if you want to be on the show, it's 508-444-2120, and uh, we got Zach on the line. Go ahead, Zach. How are you today? Good, man. How are you? It's Killjoy. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Good. Uh, I was the guy yesterday in the chat inquiring about owning a Staccato in Massachusetts, so I guess you could loop me in with everybody asking about frame transfers. Sure. Um, so, you know, as you know, as I told you yesterday, upon uh, talking to Staccato, they don't play any of those games, and they only ship their guns uh, ready to fire. And, you know, they hand-mend the slides to the frames at the factory, so it's just not a thing that they do. Um, so when I go around and I'm asking different gun shops, different Staccato dealerships specifically, um, that sell staccatos, uh, you know, whether it be Rhode Island or, or any other neighboring state, what is a good script to use in order to ask them or inquire about it or educate, uh, the owners about it? Because it seems like when I go around calling these different shops, it, it just sounds like a shady speech. Like I have to, I have to explain to them, like, do you do a frame transfer? And then, and then if they don't know what that is, I have to explain it and how the laws work around here. And, and I say, well, it's considered legal and RFFL is okay with it, but you got to do this, this, and this. And it, and it becomes kind of this thing where it almost sounds like I'm convincing them to do something illegal. 
and it's off-putting to them, and they they, they essentially, uh, you know, cut me off and say, that's just not something we do. Yeah. What is, you know, what is a, what is a way I can explain it to these uh, staccato dealers in order to convince them that it's entirely illegal and it's okay? Well, there's some that are are keyed into it already because I have done transfers of frames and I wish I could tell you who, what dealers did it for the customers that I dealt with, but I honestly don't know. Um, I might be able to find that if we go back through our records, but that could take some time. Um, and I don't know how this, uh, these other guys got them to agree to it, but basically it, you know, I think base, basically the way it would work is, You'd have to say, hey, can you just do the transfer of the frame directly to my FFL and send the slide to me? I, you know, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, and I, I personally wouldn't have any interaction with that end of things. As far as I'm concerned, I'm getting a, a frame from uh, a, a gun dealer out there and I'm doing a frame transfer. That's the only way that I know how to do that you know and that's the only legal way to do that so um that's really uh and that's with any frame you know i've done frame transfers uh for glocks and i've done them for uh other 1911s etc etc and so there's nothing in the law that says you can't build your own gun so if you get a a frame transferred to you legally through an ffl then you can source the parts for everything else you know however you want to do it um and that's totally legal to do and once you put it all together you have seven days to register it so um right right yeah i wish i had a better answer on a script i would just say you know i'm looking for someone to do a frame transfer to my local ffl and uh that's totally legal i I guess example being the closest i ever got with one particular rhode island gun shop was the guy said well what i can do is the problem is the gun comes with 16 round magazines what i'd have to do is i would have to pin the magazines to be 10 rounds and I wouldn't want to take part, being, um, I being the, uh, the gun shop owner, he goes, I, I wouldn't want to be the one disassembling the weapon or doing any of that. But what I can do is I could pin the magazines, I could send the gun to Cape Gunworks, and then they would then be the ones that I would be more comfortable with allowing to do the disassembly process. Um, is that something that's feasible, or do you need the original seller of that staccato to do that disassembly for you? No, they, um, the way I look at it is, um, I, if it's a frame coming to me, I can do the transfer. But if it's a complete gun to me, I'm not going to split a gun for sale in Massachusetts. That's, I think that I, that I do feel is, you know, circumnavigating mass law. And, um, I don't want the gun completely, uh, altogether to be logged in my books and then logged out as a, as gun parts and then all sold to the same guy. Um, there's plenty of people who do that. I don't, um, participate in that because I just, you know, but a frame is different. I can get a frame in and I can transfer that. That's no problem. Massachusetts doesn't recognize a frame as a firearm. And, uh, the other thing is he can sell the, send me the high cap mags. I have no problem pinning high cap mags. That isn't the issue at all, um, to me. So a lot of people get tripped up on the magazine side of things, but we get high cap mags every day and we, either pin them for sale or pin them for, you know, to go with a gun that came with the high cap mags or we sell them out of state. So it's really not a big deal for us. We can possess high cap mags and we would never sell them to uh, an end user. So 
it's kind of funny that's the thing he chooses to key in on. But um, yeah, so I would just give that a try. Just say, you know, um, looking to do a frame transfer and, and then you can maybe buy a, the slide off him or somebody else, you know, at your leisure. But that's, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. Uh, like, so, so I suppose that um, either ask the dealers who may be cued in to the language and, and you, know, you know, what we're trying to do or just simply what, what would be the most effective way in just trying to find um, uh, a staccato frame in general? What would be like a source or a place that I could get that? I would, I would, just, I would, I would just call the gun, gun broker listings. Um, you know, whoever okay. is got them on gun broker and, and try to find one there, find them there, find them that way and talk to them about uh, the predicament we're in in Afghanistan here. So um, that's all I can, you know, suggest. Uh, hopefully you, that works out for you, bud. And uh, I appreciate it. Okay, brother, perfectly. Yep. I appreciate Perfect, it. Yep. Thank you. Yep, no problem. Take care, and thanks for joining the chat, too. Um, so, yeah, it's – I got a lot of people saying, probably easier just to move out of state and buy one. Yeah, that's that's the way it works. I mean, it's – it's unfortunately this is the state we live in and it was funny because i was joking around with someone at a shot show about this and they also they were in california and they live in a banned state and the state says no and then engineers get to work and say yes and try to figure out the end around try to figure out how we can have our rights still Yes, they might be a little more restricted or inconvenienced, but uh, the American spirit is freedom. And we always want to find a way so that when government says, no, you can't, which they have no right to do based on the Constitution or the Second Amendment. So when they pull the tyrant card out and they dust it off and they say, you know what, I don't think you should be able to have that. Well, guess what? the Yankee ingenuity or the American spirit of freedom goes to work and they start to tool away around it. That's what happened in California. That's what happened in New York. They give, they start naming all these features on the guns and then they come out with a featureless rifle. <laughs> so it's, it's going to happen. It's always going to happen. Oh, you can't have a flash hider. Okay. We'll have a muzzle brake. Um, oh, you can't have a bayonet. Like, all right, we didn't want one anyway because I want a full-length handguard. So how's that? I can attach more stuff on it. Anyway, that's just the way it is. Um, so we're always going to find a way to fight tyranny in whatever way we need to. Um, and some of that is through engineering and ingenuity and uh, coming up with new products that are very versatile, et cetera, et cetera. But let me know what you think, 508-444-2120. And uh, that's the rapid fire line. You can give us a call or shoot a text. Uh, and remember to note down the day change of the recording of the show next week. Um, it's going to be on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. So don't want you to tune into static or empty airspace, but we'll do it right after we do the Grace Curley show. Um, if you haven't been tuning into the Grace Curley show, we kind of co-stream it or syndicate it or whatever you want to call it um, alongside of it. And we get a lot of phone calls on that show. Um, and it, if anything, it really pulls into sharp focus the confusion that our politicians 
continue to inflict upon largely responsible gun owners who are trying their best to follow the law and not go to jail, and yet they still are confused. They are still, you know, it's as clear as mud. And that, in my opinion, is should negate all uh, laws. If there's too much ambiguity, if there's too much confusion, if there's too much, uh, you know, unclarity in these laws, if you can't know by reading it once what it is you're supposed to do, it should be null and void. And unfortunately, that isn't the case. We have hundreds of thousands of laws on the books and thousands of them pertain to firearms. And ignorance is no excuse for violating the law. But yet some of these laws, the police who are supposed to enforce them don't even know. And we have lost our way when we think that we can just uh, continue to make uh, unconstitutional and confusing laws and expect people to know what the heck they say and what they're supposed to do. And really, they're just trying to fearmonger you into not owning a gun in the first place. That's the net result. That's the end result. They don't want to fix the problem of gun, uh, you know, related crime because they could do that tomorrow by locking up criminals. They could do that tomorrow by not letting violent felons out on the street on their own personal recognizance for no bail or low bail in their revolving door justice system. They don't want that. They just want to restrict the guy that they know is going to do his best to try to follow the law in the first place. And, uh, you know, that's that's an unfortunate uh, situation that we all live in right now. And ambiguity is not your friend, but... It, it also works in your favor if they ever charge you with something. So I guess there's that. But anyway, we'll be back after this. Remember, we're moving rapid fire to a podcast only show. You can still catch us on the radio for a while, but you can always tune in to rapidfireradio.us. And the airwaves will be off the air, but we'll always be online. So sign up for an email alert. I'm Toby Leary. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And don't forget the poll of the day is what right would you like to see restored first? Would you like to see the assault weapons ban go away? Would you like to see the approved weapons roster go away? Would you like to be able to own any size magazine that you want? 
And would you like to be able to own cans, suppressors, or silencers, as, as they're known? Uh, currently, the poll is 58% say they want the assault weapons ban gone, 25% say they want the approved weapons roster gone, and 16% say they want the magazine capacity ban gone, and 0% of you want suppressors. So uh, if you want to vote, go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down and you can vote on that homepage, or go to our Twitter page, rapidfireradio, all one word, and vote there. And remember to like and subscribe while you're there. Share, comment, and spread the word far and wide to your friends, relatives, neighbors, enemies, and associates. All right. It's time for Gun of the Week. This has turned into one of my favorite segments on the show. So this week we have the Robinson Armament XCRL rifle. These have been on order since last April. and We finally got a batch of them in. So we got the OD green color and the black. And these are pretty sweet rifles. They take uh, AR-15 magazines. They are a total ground-up redesign. They are not an AR. They are not an AK. They are a piston-driven gun. They come with backup iron sights. They have a two-port muzzle brake pinned and welded on their 14.7-inch barrel, or 13.7-inch barrel, excuse me. And this is the uh, heavy barrel profile. Um... And they are a M-Lock handguard, so 3, 6, and 9 position as the M-Lock attachment points, as well as the uh, on the 45-degree angles as well. So it's got a non-reciprocating charging handle, and it's fully ambidextrous. It is uh, ambi uh, controls, ambi safety, ambi mag release, and ambi bolt catch. So super cool gun, comes all ready to go. In Massachusetts here, it's got the uh, quick change caliber, if you will. So you can go from, this one's in 5.56 five, or 2.23 wild barrel is, is what it is, which is match grade accurate in 2.23 and 5.56. Five, so that's really cool. Um, the easy ease of changing the caliber over is this screw on the bottom. You unscrew that, the whole barrel and piston comes out. If you're going from 5.56... Five, to 223, uh, excuse me, to like 762 by 39, you'll also get a bolt face with the conversion, but otherwise you just get the barrel and piston. Um, and this particular gun comes in 65 Grendel, uh, 762 by 39, 5.56 or 223, and um, 300 blackout. So really cool options. Uh, very, very nice gun, smooth shooting, easy to clean. They hinge open in the front. You push this little lever in the back there, hinges open, and all the recoil spring and the uh, bolt carrier group come right out. Uh, so very, very nice gun. Love them to death here at Cape Gunworks. And uh, I had a long conversation with the owner of the company, and I said, look, I could promote these guns like crazy if you would just get them to me. Like I said, these have been on order since April. And he said, I know, I know, I know. We're working on doing a little bit better on production. Their barrels are the big holdup, and they can't outsource it. They have to do it in-house because it's very high tolerances, et cetera, et cetera, or that's what they feel anyway. But anyway, I got a batch of these in, so we decided to make them the gun of the week here on Rapid Fire Radio. So if you want one of these, you can go to the website, go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the gun of the week uh, button in the banner. 
and use GOW at checkout. Uh, they're going quick, so um, you want to go ahead and do that. You'll get a discount off it. Um, hard to get gun, uh, so it's pretty surprising that we even offered a discount. But um, very, very nice guns uh, by Robinson Armament. And uh, they also make them in, in, in a the M platform, which is uh, the AR-10 mag. And they have the uh, 6.5 Creedmoor, 308, 260 Remington, and 243 Winchester available in those. So very, very cool. We love them here. Uh, and it's a long monolithic handguard. Uh, so you can put whatever scope or device you want on there and not have any difference between the upper receiver and the handguard itself. So there you have it. Uh, go to capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us. Click on Gun of the Week and use code GOW. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's Federal Ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal Ammunition, a century of innovation. And we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This week's winner of the giveaway, the Cape Gunworks t-shirt, is David S. So look for an email, and this week we're giving away the vintage box of Norinco 223 Remington ammo. It is a Boxer Prime non-corrosive reloadable brass case from China North Industries Corp. And it's vintage box, and it's in really good shape. It's very cool. It's kind of a collector box, um, but... You could shoot it if you wanted to, uh, but I would put it on the shelf next to my cool Type 56 uh, AK-74 that shoots 223 or whatever. Um, I don't even have one, so uh, it would probably you just, are fake news. It would probably go on the on the uh, shelf all by itself. I got one on my desk over there. So anyway, if you want to win the box of ammo, you got to go to RapidFireRadio.us. Scroll down and enter your name to win. And uh, we might be calling you out next week saying, you won, you won. So anyway, don't forget this week's discount code, too, on anything in the store is Machine Gun. So go ahead and use discount code Machine Gun on our website, and you will get a very special discount. That's Machine Gun, all one word. And there you have it. All right, let's jump on the chat. It's been on fire, and I've been neglecting you guys way too much <laughs> so uh, hannah wants to know how the rose 365 xl is mass compliant and it's the exact same model that is sold in mass now it's the thumb safety version 10 round um, i can get it in the 10 round version and it's the exact same skew basically that we sell in massachusetts the only difference is it's painted a little bit so um, there you have it so um, you can get it and we've been taking a bunch of orders i I, I'm getting nervous. We're getting a lot of orders already, and uh, I got to call um, Sig and kind of rattle their cage a little bit and say, hey, where are these guns? I got a lot of orders on, uh, but as soon as they come in, we will get them. So 
Uh, from the text line, do I believe that snub nose revolvers are obsolete in today's world due to guns like the 365? Um, yes, I do. <laughs> That's my own personal belief, and I could break the internet for that. Um, I have a snub nose 357 revolver. I have a Ruger SP 101 with the bobbed hammer and the high polished stainless and the Hogue grip. I have, you know, speed loaders to go with it. And I have 185 grain black talon hollow points that I love to carry in that thing. But the bottom line is it's five rounds. It takes up the same amount of surface area as my 365 XL, which has 10 rounds. And, um, it's extremely difficult to take follow-up shots on target with in the same type of cadence or or time or recoil control as my 9mm pistol is concerned. It's also very cumbersome and long to reload, and semi-automatic pistols are very easy and quick to reload. So with a little practice, you can be way more proficient with a semi-automatic pistol than a revolver i know a lot of you are like whoa wait a minute but the reliability of revolvers versus you know semi-automatic pistols well in 2023 there's no reason to carry a semi-automatic pistol that isn't reliable your gun should be able to fire 200 rounds flawlessly without a malfunction if it doesn't you know put it on the local message board and trade it and swap it and get something that is reliable. There's no reason to sit here and mess around with a, a gun that you think is cool but doesn't reliably work um, or retire it to a safe as a safe queen. I see it all the time. People want like subcompact 1911s for a defensive gun, like a really tiny uh, subcompact uh, defensive 1911, which generally speaking, are not very reliable guns, not to mention they're cumbersome with their thumb safeties. And I say all this because I was once upon a time a 1911 guy, and they just don't run as reliably as, you know, striker-fired modern guns. And, you know, you could break the internet with this type of talk and lingo on message boards, but the, the truth of the matter is, Striker-fired guns are more reliable than uh, single-action guns or easier to operate um, than any gun with a thumb safety. So that's something to consider, something to think about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I that's why I do think they've kind of obsoleted the snub-nosed revolver. Although I like them, they're cool guns to have. I, I have one, and I would probably recommend you you buy one for the cool factor. But I, I can't recommend it in good conscience as an everyday, everyday carry gun when I think there's a better tool for the job or better options. So there you go. Is it legal to buy a Savage MSR in this state with a pin stock? No, it is not. Uh, Savage MSRs are AR-15, so unfortunately, that is a no-go zone. What pistol caliber carbine do we have on our rental wall and that you could try out? We have uh, the HK... Uh, or actually, I think it's a MKE uh, knockoff of the HK, but basically the MP5. Um, we also have a Cape Gunworks built 9mm uh, pistol caliber carbine, which is like an AR-15 style gun. We have 
we have a lot of them. Sig MPX. Um, what else we have in nine mil out there? Uh, I think we have the Kalishnikov KR9. Um, I should know this, be able to rattle them all right off the top of my head. We have another version of a, a carbine that takes like the Colt stick mags. Um, and that might be it, four or five of them out there. Um, but the HK MP5 and the uh, the SIG MPX are the crowd pleasers. They're the most popular. Oh, we have the CZ Scorpion uh, Evo, and that's a SBR too, so that's kind of cool. So it's a short-barreled rifle. But anyway, um, speaking of suppressors, I got my paperwork back from the ATF in November. It was an eight-month turnaround. So my 300 Blackout PSA AR pistol is now suppressed. And that's Jay Austin, who's down in North Carolina. Thanks for rubbing our nose in it, pal. <laughs> no, I'm really happy for you. The 300 Blackout is an awesome caliber to suppress. You put a can on it. It's about as quiet as it gets. It's the closest thing to Hollywood quiet besides a 22, And uh, it's pretty neat. So thanks for listening from out of state, by the way. Uh, looks like ATF is saying you can't even handle someone else's NFA item. I haven't seen that yet, Chris, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. We didn't even have a chance to get into that. Uh, unfortunately, that's a huge can of worms. Been getting a lot of calls and questions about the whole pistol brace thing that dropped right before uh, SHOT Show. And basically, they it turns every gun into an SBR or an illegal SBR, according to the ATF. And uh, the way I see it is that whole thing is a trap. Um, I can't, in good conscience, tell anyone to take the ATF on their forbearance program and try to register these guns in a, as a SBR based on one solid fact. And this fact is that once the background check starts, they have 88 days to complete it. And if they don't complete it within 88 days, you are technically given a deny. So you've been given a denial on a gun that you showed them photographic proof of. You submitted your fingerprints, photographs, uh, filled out your name, address, phone number, all all that good stuff, gave them your license to carry info, and you sent it to the ATF and said, please, mother, may I? And they say no because they can't fulfill the obligation of conducting a background check within 88 days. Right now they can't keep up with that stuff. Imagine when 40 million gun owners are trying to amnesty their guns. Let's just say 10% of them do it, and only 4 million of them are actually taking them up on this forbearance uh, tax stamp program to turn your pistol into an SBR. As soon as 80, day 89 comes, they are required to initiate enforcement action. So for that reason, I am out. I will not be taking the ATF up on their forbearance action whatsoever. And so I think it's frankly a trap and uh, because they have to initiate enforcement action after that point. And then they're also saying that if the gun is bought outside of the country, if it's an imported gun, that there's no way you can legally make it into a rifle uh, because of 922R compliance. And the only thing you can do is surrender it or destroy it. So I think they're on a huge fishing expedition. They're they're out for scalps. 
And uh, I'm sorry I feel that way, but that's the way it is. They've given me no other reason to believe otherwise. I don't think their heart's in the right place on this. And they just want to forbear the $200 tax stamp and make you all go ahead and register. You're going to get a have an SBR. I, I'm not buying it. So um, that leaves you with other options. And uh, we can talk about that at another time. Hour one is in the bag, folks. We have. Uh, we want to thank you for joining in. But remember, the show ends. The first hour ends here, but it goes on for another hour. And we have Phil Smith from uh, National Associate uh, National African American Gun Rights or Group. And I butchered the heck out of that, but he's going to explain it on the other side. You don't want to miss out. We've had him on the show before. We're looking forward to this conversation, so we appreciate it. And uh, go to rapidfireradio.us and ask your questions or give us a call, 508-444-2120. Freedom will always be on the right side of history, so stay tuned. We'll see you on the other side. I'm Toby Leary. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Cohort was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he had worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. Constitutional carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently, the mainstream media has gotten all over this term, and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, 
Let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, none of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. We're really happy to have on the line with us right now, Philip Smith from the National African American Gun Association. Nailed it! (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if... uh, you can join the conversation by calling our text or rapid fire line 508-444-2120. You can like and subscribe to all of our social media platforms. It's at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, and all the wherever you get your social media, we're generally there. Um, so I appreciate you guys joining in to the show. And Philip, I appreciate you joining us here, brother. It's great to see you again, and uh, thanks for making the time to be on the show. Oh, this is great. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I, you know, I enjoyed talking to you the last time. Couldn't wait to get back, so awesome. thank you. And so the first question is, uh, you, you went to SHOT Show and uh, survived, uh, but you were yeah. one of the many you attended. How how'd it go for you? How was the show? I was there Tuesday, Wednesday, and all day Thursday, and I left Thursday night on a red eye. So I, mean, I, I had a pretty good run. Uh, Saw some good folks from uh, a lot of the companies that uh, we have relationships with and met a lot of new ones. So uh, it was a really good time. Unfortunately, like a lot of people, I got that flu-like thing that you get when you leave. <laughs> when you, leave shot, you shake so many hands, you know, God yeah. knows what, what you're catching. So, right, uh, the shot show crud. Yeah, the shot yeah. show crud. I got yeah. a little bit of that. But other than that, you know, I, I can't complain. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you made it out there and it was a productive and fruitful trip for you. Why don't you tell everyone what it is you do and what the organization has been up to lately and uh, go ahead. The floor is yours. Go take it wherever you want Great. to take it. And uh, I appreciate you giving your time here. Sure, sure. And thank you again. I'm honored to, to be here with you guys. And uh, the National African Gun Association was founded by me in 2015. Um, it has over 51,000 members as of now. Uh, we have 130 chapters. We're, we have members in every state. And we average anywhere from 500 to 1,000 new members every month, depending on the month. Sometimes awesome. it's higher than that. Sometimes it's lower. Um, we are a 501c4, and our focus is on two really important things, showing folks how to shoot a gun, which gun is right for them, how to handle the gun, building muscle memory, um, all that good stuff when you learn, um, you know, how to shoot a gun. I size cities versus Weaver, you know, the, the basic stuff that most folks um, learn. We teach our folks, but also, which I think is just as important, we teach them to be uh, have a good understanding of the law in which the state in which they reside in. Because I think one of the worst things you can do as a new gun owner is to buy a gun and not know the laws for that particular state. Because each state is a little different. And we make sure that they, are, they understand uh, in their particular particular state, can they open carry versus concealed carry? Can they have the gun in the car with them while they're driving? All, all those details we make sure that all of our members um, have a good understanding with. And then the last piece, we make sure that they understand that the Second Amendment 
is what we all base in this 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 right that we have in this in this beautiful country of ours. Um, it's very very important. We obviously we don't can't tell for folks what to do politically, but we make sure that they understand that um, the Second Amendment. You should really take note of what's going on and make sure that you can, you know, vote for those measures that protect the Second Amendment as opposed to tear it down. So yeah, you know, I think you're doing great work, uh, Philip, and this is a much needed organization and. You know, I've gone off on some big tangents here on this show as I talked about how important our Second Amendment rights are. And I said they're, they're so much more than just constitutional rights. They really are at their root civil rights. And our, our creator, uh, well, our founders acknowledged that the most basic human right is the right to defend ourselves against somebody who's trying to overpower us or you know commit a crime against us or cause us harm and and one thing i i think that uh the media and you know modern politicians are trying to do is scrub from the history of our country or whitewash if you will the, the racist nature of gun control Correct. Is that Correct. something you guys ever talk about or uh, address? Yeah, we talk about that in, in, in depth, obviously. But I think just as important, we let everyone know that, and this is referring to your Second Amendment um, reference, that the Second Amendment is not an a insurance premium or policy that you can or cannot live without. It is written into the fabric of the country. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so different because you have to realize you cannot remove it. And any time that someone tries to put a tax on the Second Amendment or makes it more difficult for you to purchase a firearm, that's an infringement on our rights as a as an American. So we definitely push back on that and we tell our, all of our folks, you have the right to carry a gun. You have the right to protect your family, your property, your loved ones, like any anybody in America. And we have to make sure that they not feel like they're being intimidated or pushed to the side that this is their full rights. People have died for them to have this right and to make sure that they, they're aware of that. Yeah. One of the uh, things that people, again, don't, they fail to recognize or fail to learn about too, is, you know, the, that uh, just the famous justice Tanny of the Supreme court who wrote in the Dred Scott decision in 1857, yeah. Uh, where he goes on um, about what would happen if the Negro race was recognized as citizens, they'd be able to own land and, you know, all this stuff. And then it, the last thing he said is, and to keep and carry arms wherever they went. And yeah. to, to me, if that isn't like, you know, the the very nature of gun control is to control certain segments of the population or certain people or certain areas or certain demographics or certain, in this case, races of people. I think, you know, that, that should be shouted from the rooftops as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I you, you saw my July 20th testimony at the Senate. I spoke on that exact point that whenever you prevent us from having guns in any way, shape, or form, it, it is definitely exponentially felt in the black community. Mm. So in effect, you are implementing black codes in a modern form on us, and we should push back on that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it always pains me to see some, uh, you know, celebrities or, uh, you know, people from the uh, maybe athletic community or whatever, yeah. 
uh, that come out and they try to, you know, say, oh, you know, this is happening in our culture, in our society because of guns. And it has nothing to do with guns. The gun is the tool that some evil person or some psychopath has decided to point or aim at uh, whoever his intended victim is. And frankly, disarming the people who could actually do something about it is a greater sin in my mind than trying to take guns from everybody and say, oh, it won't happen now. Uh, you know, you, it's like cutting the horns off the off the buffalo and saying good luck against the lion, fellas. You know, it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I, I agree. And not only does it not work, it doesn't make sense. I mean, if you look this in, in retrospect at the two shootings that we had in California, mm. um, and that is probably one of the most, I would think, the most strict, strength and, and most restrictive state in the country when it comes to guns. But yet they had two shootings. So it's not the regulations and the the heavy regulation that they put on folks the law it's the people that are there and if someone is set on evil intent you know what they're going to do evil regardless of how many laws you have and the only people that are punished are those folks that don't have a gun that are that are totally unable to protect themselves when some madman runs into the store into a grocery store and starts shooting folks that's that's the the part that really hurts because just imagine some of those folks would have had a gun to defend themselves right. at least have a, a, an opportunity a total, totally different outcome could possibly could have been generated. Yeah, no doubt about it. So you're in all 50 states now, 51,000 members growing weekly. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. And uh, do you, so apparently you have a chapter in Massachusetts now, which is great. Yes, um, we do. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, uh, have make sure you have them reach out to us if they want to have some sort of event at Cape Gunworks or, uh, you know, whatever. We're happy to support however sure. we can and get involved however we can. And I, I remember the last time uh, <laughs> I had you on the show, I kind of, cause I honestly didn't know it wasn't, um, it wasn't a uh, question out of uh, to be funny. It was literally a question out of my ignorance of your organization. And I should have done my homework a little better, but I said, now what about me? Can I join? And you said, ah, absolutely. Anyone can join. It's not, uh, you know, we, we have one of the most diverse organizations in the country. We have over 2000 white members that are extremely active. They're chapter presidents. They are, you know, they're on different committees. I mean, we don't discriminate, discriminate at all. The only thing that we require of someone is the, the ability to learn how to shoot a gun. Mm-hmm. When you come to us, we're going to give you a big hug. Even might give you a kiss on the cheek <laughs> and uh, say, welcome brother, welcome sister. And that's what people really like about our organization because we don't have a social or racial litmus test at all. Just nice. come on as you are. And we're going to accept you. Not only accept you, we're going to embrace you as our own. We're going to show you how to shoot a gun so you can feel good about being able to protect yourself and your family and your loved ones. That's To me, that's the secret sauce. And that's why people from all areas of the the demographic in this country are joining our organization and they're joining in great numbers. And I think, if anything, I was probably that is the most proud point that I, I like about the organization because it's a universal message. Mm-hmm. Come as you are. We'll show you how to protect yourself. And I think that really resonates with people regardless of where you come from. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, you said something that I think is very, very important. And you welcome them to the group, but then the very first order of business is to show them how to shoot a gun. Absolutely. Training is something that should be in, it should be um, put onto the 
people who want to acquire and own firearms. But I believe that that onus should come from the community at large itself, because otherwise we're gonna we're gonna uh, be told by somebody on how, where, why, and how it's got to happen. Yeah. And I I think that we're at, in a spot right now, especially with twenty five constitutional carry states, that um, the industry hasn't done a very good job. I would say in the last thirty years of uh, putting that pressure, if you will. Or it should become an accepted trend. I think the industry's done a really good job in the last two years, especially with all the new shooters coming on since COVID and everything else, all the 15 million new gun owners, that those that generation of gun owners is a little different than when it was when I first started owning a gun in 93 or 94, where it was kind of like, oh, yeah, here's a gun, go to the range, have fun. No one showed me how, you know, no one was there to teach me. And I think that's huge. And I would love to see that movement collectively throughout the country, throughout every gun store in America that, all right, man, here's your first gun. Congratulations. Now, why don't we get you signed up for that pistol one class or come down to the range with me and I'll show you how to use it. So we don't just leave people out there, leave them hanging. And so do you have like range days or do you have an instructor that gets with them or do you just kind of, you know, collectively as a group or do you nudge them into a class? How does that work? We have a really basic template for success. And this is one of the reasons why I've been able, we've been able to grow because we have a consistent format. Typically all the chapters meet on the third Saturday of each month. Typically they meet between 10 and two and they go to the range at every time uh, we go to a range, we have a certified instructor there to oversee everything. Um, we have an RSO in addition to what the range might have just for our own sake. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been, uh, allowed us to have no errors in terms of any shootings, no misfires, no sweeping. None of that stuff takes place because we watch our folks very, very carefully. When you join our organization, you're not just going to go out and start shooting. We sit you down and we ask you what your goal is, your background. So we have a good feel for you as a person before you, um, go out in the range and grab a gun for the first time. Um, it only takes one accident to have a tragedy, and we are really very, uh, very cognitive of that fact when we're speaking to someone. Um, and sometimes we have gotten folks who are brand new and they're just too excited. And we say, you know, maybe you shouldn't shoot this week. Let's sit down and kind of lower the temperature and, and the expectations and the excitement so you get a better beat on everything. Because this is not a game. This is something that we take very, very seriously. This is what we do. We train folks how to shoot a gun and protect themselves. So we take that with the utmost care. We don't rush it. We take our time. And I think folks at the end of the day are, are very appreciative of the fact that we are allowing them to slowly learn at their own pace and to make sure that they have the fundamentals down. They make sure that they understand what their gun can and cannot do, the caliber um, that they might have. And obviously, what kind of gun do you need based on, on your needs? Are you going to have a gun strictly at home? Well, a shotgun might suffice for you. If you want to open carry or concealed carry, or concealed carry, you might look at a Glock 43 or something smaller that you can carry around you in a very, very, you know, easy manner. So we ask detailed questions, and I think those questions allow us to have a better member at the end of the day and someone who's much more prepared than your typical person joining an ordinary club. Nice. Well, that's great. That's a, you know, very worthy endeavor to embark on, and I'm glad you guys are are doing it, and that's huge. We certainly do it here at Cape Gunworks. And, um, you know, the the – world is a better place when more good people are carrying a gun and know how to use it in absolutely in um you know 
and are proficient with it. So uh, it's interesting because I would say when I first started carrying a gun back in 93, there weren't a lot of people carrying guns out in the public space. It was a very, it was a very hard um, thing to, a lot of hoops to jump through in most states that issued concealed carry permits. There was only one uh, constitutional carry state at the time that was Vermont. And, um, you know, there was some states that didn't issue anything and there was no chance of getting a license. Now we see more and more people in the public space carrying guns, uh, doing a lot of good with those guns, by the way, causing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, stopping a lot of crime in its tracks. A lot of uh, defensive uses of firearms don't even involve firing a shot. Uh, But, you know, those people get to go home to their family and who knows what the outcome might have been had they not been armed. Um, So with all that being said, um, what do you think about, you know, some of the communities that suffer the most, especially even in the African-American communities, are some of the these cities and and states and towns that are uh, largely minority that have a high barrier, if not an impossible entry to private gun ownership. And you see gun crime, you know, or crime related with firearms soars in some of these places. And that's what really breaks my heart. And I think that goes back to the the whole uh, historic na- nature, nature of gun control and who it affects the most. It often affects the people who need the gun the most. And without, without having... A, a, a gun that you can acquire or, you know, or some lower barrier to entry to acquire your license to carry or a concealed weapons permit. Those are the people that unfortunately end up in the crossfire of some, uh, some horrible uh, situations. But um, do you guys have any um, plans to help in those communities or any uh, resources dedicated to helping uh, some of the hardest hit communities as far as, um, you know, high barrier to entry and gun ownership. Yeah, we're deeply, that's one area I think we really shine. We're deeply entrenched in those areas that are the tough areas, you know, South central LA, mm. South side of Chicago, we're there and we're helping those folks that want to learn how to shoot to protect themselves. And you, I think you're onto something and that we've known for some time. And I think most folks with common sense know it as well. The folks that need the most help are the ones in the toughest areas mm. and they have a limited income and they're just literally sitting up there being harassed and, and attacked on a daily basis in some cases. Those are the folks that need the guns the most. And th- that's where we try to come in and help them. And in some cases, we help them go through the process to to purchase a firearm. Um, but the goal is to let everyone be aware that we have these really restrictive, almost oppressive laws. The only people that you're hurting in these, and let's, let's be very transparent, in these black neighborhoods are very, older folks, senior folks, and single moms that are just trying to do what they ha- have to do to take care of their families and, and families that have very limited income. So when you have a gun, now that you have to buy this gun, you have to take a class, you have to get a certification. That gun that was initially $400 now becomes $1,200. Mm. It becomes impossible, yeah. it, literally impossible for that family to save up to buy that gun. Meanwhile, they're being harassed, they're being robbed, they're being attacked, and robbers know this. Right. Because, you know, robbers, you know, as you know, criminals, they don't buy guns the legally legal fashion. They get it illegally. Right. And uh, that, that's the hard. That's, that's the hard part to see. So we're here with Philip Smith from the National African-American Gun Association. And uh, 
If you want to be on with him, it's 508-444-2120. And we have a caller, if you don't mind, Phil. Uh, yeah, take absolutely. A quick, We'd quick, like to talk. All right. So go ahead. I have a question. Uh, I know that the craziness of the last few years have um, put off the national convention. So I know your your, your first national convention is coming up. Could you talk about that? Sure, sure. And, and thank you. And nice to meet you, brother. Um, we are having our first national convention ever, uh, July 28th, 29th, and 30th. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Georgia International Convention Center. I want everybody who's listening to come. Everyone's welcome. It's going to be a great event. Um, those three days, Saturday and Sunday especially, are going to be time to see different sessions. We're going to have people talking about buying a gun first time. If you're a newbie, uh, buying that first gun. Uh, we'll have an all-women's session specific to the ladies that want to have firearm and some of the things that they have to negotiate as a woman. We'll have a class on if you want to become an FFL. Um, we'll have special guests from the various corporations, uh, gun companies speaking about their products. It's going to be a really good time. It's all family. We, we're going to make sure that we can just hug each other, celebrate the moment. It's taken us seven years to get to this time. And I'm very, very excited because um, we you know we worked a long time to get to this point. And we worked very, very hard. We have some great people, black, white, Asian, Latino, and otherwise, um, that have made this happen. And we're just very, very excited as, a, as an organization. That's great. So National <clears throat> Convention in July uh, July 28th through 30th. Um, do you have a link to that or anything on, on your website? Oh, absolutely. We have a link. We have a, um, a total overview of the convention. We have a sponsorship link as well. Those that want to sponsor it, become a sponsor. It's very well planned. Um, you'll see the detail that uh, that is there on our website. All right. So we're going to try and find that link. I'll drop it into the chat. Um, if anyone wants to go to this convention, sounds like a great time. Uh, and uh, we might be able to sneak down there ourselves because that would be awesome uh i gotta just check my schedule because that's about the time i'll be uh filling in oh, you, you got Grace curly you show come. yeah <laughs> I, if i'm free i'll be there so um all right stand by we got a quick break uh we're here with uh philip smith you want to talk to him give us a call it's 508-444-2120 by the way that was a great question and uh we'll be right back after this you're listening to rapid fire for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. 
right, welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And like I said before, we're here with Philip Smith from NAGA, the National African American Gun Rights Organization. And uh, Phil, um, let's talk about uh, that convention in Atlanta, Georgia, 2023. Yes, it's a family affair. It's I'm um, just uh, G Webs was kind enough to drop the link in the chat. So I clicked right on there, and uh, it's a family affair. Bring the family, bring, yes. e- bring everybody, and uh, looking to see about four to thousand like-minded members uh, under one roof, learning and training together. Live music, dance, and giveaways. Lots of opportunities. You said there's some uh, national organizations that'll be there. Um, USCCA has been a big partner of yours, and they've they've helped out a lot. They're a huge uh, sponsor of our page as well. Yeah, and uh, we've we've been you know very happy with everything they they do for us and they do for the industry as a whole. Uh, so it sounds like it's going to be an awesome uh, convention. It's down in Atlanta. Is that what you said? Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, at the Georgia International Convention Center, and it's very very close to the airport. You can literally get on the airport, take the tram, and the first stop. You go get off the tram and you're there at the location. They have great hotels. I think it's three or four really classy hotels, reasonably priced that easy everybody can go to. Parking's not an issue. They have a huge parking lot as well. So we've got a really good spot. It's kind of kind of a sweet spot, and we're, we're really excited about that. We got a good price for the uh, the facility, and took some maneuvering, but we got some good people that are really believing what we're doing and trying to help us out. And the first day, Friday the twenty eighth, is going to be a range day from twelve to four thirty. So, yes, sir. So you're going to have, you know, people there to shoot guns and get oh, yeah. them. That's going to shoot be- guns. Bring your uh, bring your best, you know, yep. and uh, have a good time. But definitely in the evening, we'll have what's called the Presidential Gala, which is an award ceremony. We're going to celebrate the seven years. We'll, we'll give awards to various chapters, various members in the organization that have done great work. And also, just to be quite honest, we're going to highlight the public that has been a big supporter of the organization and the whole 2A community because everyone that – I have met black, white, or otherwise has been very supportive of the organization. I yeah. mean, not a person that said anything negative. It's always been, Hey, great job, Phil. Great job, Naga. Keep it up. And I think those are, those are good things to say. Um, and kind of helps us, you know, keep our, keep our wagon going and keep, keep, keep us doing the right thing, which we think we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you touched on something earlier, right at the beginning, um, about the two shootings in California and yes. you're in a highly gun controlled state highly gun controlled areas yeah um, they're already have some of the strictest gun controls in the country they yes. have a approved weapons roster they have an assault weapons ban they have a magazine capacity ban they have um universal background checks now they tax and do background checks on <clears throat> ammunition purchases mm-hmm. and yet it didn't do it didn't change the heart of these men that went out to wreak havoc on these communities. And I remember seeing some tweets and stuff of people who were kind of virtue signaling that this is the result of, um, you know, anti-Asian hate. And as it turns out, the, the, the shooters themselves were part of these communities. And so all it, all it goes to show is that um, evil people exist. Yes, and yes. I don't know if it's evil or crazy or both, and that's really not my. I don't have to discern between the two because the net result is the same. 
So right. the bottom line is disarming the people who uh, could benefit from stopping this threat. I don't know if you got to see the video of the second shooting where the one brave guy stepped up and wrestled the gun out of the hand of the shooter. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, just... Amazing. Yeah, amazing. totally amazing. But having that mindset, that willingness to fight is something that's almost uncommon in our day and age, uh, unfortunately. You know, um, I remember reading tragic articles from the Virginia Tech shooter who was basically just marching down the line and executing people, and people were just waiting for it to be their turn. No one did anything. They were just waiting for the guy to walk towards them and shoot them. And maybe that's a lack of understanding of how guns work. And, you know, we get media and Hollywood pumping all this stuff in our brains that the gun is some magic, uh, you know, device that can vaporize everyone in the room. But on the other, you know, on the other hand, these, uh, this guy who stepped up and, and unarmed had to go wrestle a gun out of this guy who's a deranged maniac trying to shoot people and kill people. Yeah. And, you know, that's the same thing. Uh, if you look at the efficiency of the tool uh, in the right hands, everything you're training in your organization to do and to end that threat and to stop that threat, um, lives would be saved as a result. I, I think by putting evil people down as quickly as humanly possible when they're on that type of shooting <coughs> rampage, it saves lives. And that's the part we never hear about in the media. Why do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think we never see the leading story on the evening news, um, the hero that uh, stopped a mass shooting event or, you know, didn't even have to fire a shot because uh, he pulled his gun and defused the situation that was about to go bad? Yeah, eight, seven years ago, if you'd asked me that question, I'd, I would have looked at you dumbfounded. But after seven years of dealing with uh, the media, I can tell you exactly. There's just a heavy bias against firearms and, fire, and gun owners in, in the media. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just a fact. And unfortunately, to hear a balanced story from a gun owner's perspective or a gun organization is a rarity from, from my perspective. Um, you, you just need to understand that it's a fight. Right. And a lot of times when you hear a story, it's always through their prism or their perspective or their angle and it's always, to me, um, misguided, and there's always an intent to make it seem like the gun itself is running around, sh- you know, shooting people. But it's not. It's the people. To your point, California, look at it. I mean, you, I'm born and raised in California, and I can tell you personally, it is the most restricted place in the country to try to own a firearm. And, and I'm, I say meaningfully try because it's very, very difficult. Mm. But yet they have two horrible, you know, and God, you know, God bless, and hopefully those folks that – are, are going to be um, be able to be taken care of the, the ones uh, that were shot in, 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 a, in a better place. But it was a horrible place, a horrible crime that took place by a horrible person. And you cannot change, to your point, change somebody's heart if they are just set and saying, you know what, I'm going to kill as many people as I can today. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that we can negotiate uh, in that person's soul to, to stop them. But what we can do is have folks that are concealed carry um, in the area, or what they call the good guy with the gun, as many of those folks as possible out in the public arena. And when some crazy guy comes like that, at least we have someone that can possibly, you know, stop that particular threat, which, right. you know, somebody did in this case. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a sad state of affairs that uh, we're, we're telling people that the guns are the problem. And, of course, a knee-jerk reaction is more gun legislation. Oh, yes. we didn't have enough gun laws because the – 
however thousand many we have on the books didn't do what it was supposed to do. You know, Correct. all the Correct. stuff I already listed out. And if we had just banned uh, assault weapons, oh, wait a minute, the Mac 11 he was using was banned years ago. You know, and one thing that comes to mind a lot, you see it on some of these uh, videos of these gang related shootings and stuff. They're holding guns that aren't legal for sale in their area with, uh, you know, magazines and, and switches on the back and everything else, Glock switches, making them into machine guns. So the, the point I'm making is they don't follow the law. They don't care about the law. And all the law does is, um, is affect the good people who could prevent it in the first place. Um, but on the flip side of the coin, I think the other, uh, the other side of the equation is um, they don't, I believe, media and politicians, et cetera, don't really want to fix the problem because it's very obvious what you have to do if you're going to do that. And that's lock up bad people, right? Quit letting them out on the street. Quit the, yeah. quit the, the uh, no bail, low bail, um, revolving door <laughs> justice system. We got to put an end to that. And I think, yeah. I think, uh, Governor Hochul, during the debate with Lee Zeldin there, um, had a hard time wrapping her head around that when Lee Zeldin was saying, we got to lock them up, we got to lock them up, stop letting them out on the street, stop letting them out yeah. on the street. She says, how come you're so big on that? Like, why, why is that so important to you? It's like, <laughs> well, that's what solves the problem. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to let the the lion rove amongst the sheep, right? You just, you, you put the lion in the cage and then the sheep can go out to pasture and eat freely without having to worry about the, and I'm not trying to say that we're the sheep. If, if right. you know, a lot of people get all offended about that, but I'm not a sheep, I'm a sheep dog. You know, <laughs> I keep the sheep <laughs> safe, but whatever, you know what I mean? The, right, right. The population, if you will. But, um, so, you know, that I think is uh, <clears throat> the bigger problem is they don't want to fix the problem is they they want the problem because without the problem they can't continue to harp on the thing that hasn't worked in the last 50 years it's tried namely gun control right and it's kept them elected you know let's yeah. be honest right you know fear has gotten them to the place uh where they're at and they want to stay there um it's unfortunate hopefully in the future we'll get some some changes of, of those folks in in their mind and their hearts because right now it's not working. It's clearly, to me, not working based on what they're trying to do with the emphasis on the gun. And when they change that emphasis and they really start looking at problems and the root causes of these things, then I think we'll get some traction and we'll really get some solutions. But until that happens, um, to your point, nothing's going to change. Right. Because when bad people do bad things, they need to go to jail. Mm. I mean, I've got a daughter. I've got a son. I've got a grandchild. I don't want my kids around somebody that can you know, possibly you know, harm them. They need to be locked away somewhere. Right. A um, couple comments on the chat. Uh, gun website says, I like how NAGA is a national group of unique local chapters, unlike some other organizations that offer a blueprint for other local groups from the national level. So do you, mm -hmm. can you speak to that a little bit? Like, um, what, sure. Yeah. And then that's a great observation. What we try to do is in one breath, we want everyone to learn how to shoot a gun. And those folks that want to take it a little bit further and say, you know what? I also want to be a chapter leader within NAGA. We allow them to name their club, their whatever they would like to, to name it. I mean, if they want to name their um, club, you know, whatever the name it is, as long as it's not, you know, racist or anti-American or something like that, you're, you're welcome to do that. We have organizations that are named after a lot of historic 
African-Americans heroes in the military, Tuskegee Airmen, the Buffalo Soldiers. Those are some of the names of some of our chapters. And that really kind of personalized it. It really kind of embraces the, you know, the history behind that. And a lot of folks really resonate with that when, they, when their chapter is named after something or some person that they really have a lot of respect for. And it does personalize it. It adds a little twist, a little um, caveat that people can kind of say, you know, this is, I belong to NAGA, but the chapter's name really is, is ours because we, we thought of it. We named it. And it's worked really, really well. We've got some really cool names out there. I mean, people are very, very creative. They look through their history books and they find out, you know, somebody did something great on you know, World War II or, you know, they might have a military officer that did some great, you know, saving of somebody's life. They might name it after that particular person. So we look at it as a positive and it has worked thus far as something that is very, very well received by the public and also, you know, law enforcement and the military because they see that and they're like, you know what, we, we, can, we, we can rock with that. We like that a lot. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, I'm on your website right now, and I notice you got an interactive map where you can click wherever state you're in, and uh, the local chapter will come up. and And uh, I gotta say that Massachusetts needs to up its game and get a better name. Or it's Naga, it's Naga of Massachusetts, or something. So, <laughs> so if if we can. You know, name our stuff, whatever we want. Let's come on with like Paul Revere's Night, yeah. Midnight Riders or something. I don't know. We could come up with something, but uh, not, not so bland. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, I get it. And you know what? Massachusetts is definitely uh, probably a little more stuffy as far as that type of thing goes. Anyway, so it sounds no, more no. professional than Naga of New England or Naga of Massachusetts or whatever. Oh, okay. uh, so I'm just, I'm just. Uh, you know, busting on you a little bit, but that's funny. Um, so anyway, that's really good stuff. Um, we also have uh, Gun Websites has mentioned that you have hosted some of the best roundtable discussions on 2A subjects that were available for free to watch throughout 2022, and he hopes those continue. Is that something that um, you guys do regularly, or is it something that you have some plans to do in the future? Yes, this year, 2023, we're going to be very, very active. And this is something that, personally, I like doing a lot. I think conversation, debate, and even sometimes arguing is a healthy process that we need to go through. If you surround yourself with people that all think alike, say the same thing, look alike, I think you're really not developing your your your, your brain as it should be. Um, and we do have conversations. We talk about women-related issues. We had a women's town hall, just all women, talking about, firearms from their perspective, what they thought was good, what they thought was bad, what was important, things on their, that's on their priority list. We also had a town hall talking about, you know, some of the potential laws of of the of coming down the pipeline, which was a great conversation as well. Mm. The conversations to me are the foundation of a person developing as a gun owner, because the worst thing you can do is just buy a gun, not get trained, not interact with anyone else or any other group. Where you you are you're fed these these discussions, you learn about more. Oh, you know, I heard about this. Oh, okay, really? Let me go look that up. That's how you learn. I mean, I, I heard something you said tonight. When I go home, I, you know, I'm gonna look it up and say, okay, that's really good. He made some good points. That's how you grow as a person. And I think it's really important to be involved with these discussions. And that's why the discussions are so important for for Naga throughout throughout the year and these town halls and these you know debates that we have. Yeah, and uh, I think it's it's really cool that there's a grassroots organization like yourself that is is doing a lot of good in the world. Um, the, those those roundtable 
podcasts or discussions that you can jump on every once in a while. I've, I've joined a few here or there. Uh, it's really cool to see what the rest of the country is dealing with and some of the, some of the issues that come up and, you know, even the, the mindset and the different challenges. Cause some, so many times we're in our own little echo chambers and, you know, we're, we get tunnel vision or we're, uh, dealing with the things that are right in front of us, but we don't even know about so many other issues that are going on or so many other fights out there or so many other, uh, organized efforts to get people, uh, you know, won over to the, uh, at least being a Second Amendment supporter, whether or not they ever become a gun owner or not. So, right. I mean, the the conversation is literally limitless and endless as around the two A community. And one of the, one of the things that I think is so uh, encouraging about your organization is uh, it's a very positive, unifying organization where um, there has been historically factions in the gun world that have, you know, they eat their own a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we try to avoid that. Obviously, that's out there. But we are diligently on a daily basis making sure that we kind of stay in the middle. I tell everyone, we're like McDonald's. When you come to us, you know what you're going to get. Right. (laughs) You know you're going to get good training. You're going to get a good education on firearms. And, oh, by the way, we're going to give you some good recommendations on what we might feel might be a good gun for you. Obviously, that's your choice. And that's and we stay in that lane. We don't try to be something that we're not. Mm. And people really appreciate the the clarity, the transparency that we bring to the table. We just want to teach you how to shoot a gun. What you do in your private life, that's your business. If you want to talk about that, you can. But our intention, our goal, our focus is developing really good folks who have um, guns at home and on their persons when they're out in public, and they're a good representation of the organization. That's really critical. Mm. The worst thing I think could happen. Um, for the organization that we develop a whole bunch of big chapters and no one knows what they're doing. They're not educated. They don't know their, their basics of shooting a firearm. I mean, then you ask yourself, what are you doing? You need to stop all the madness. And that's what we do. We make sure that everything is done um, very concise and a very calculated measure in terms of our image, the information at all times. It's hard, but you know, I think it's worth the the end result of what we have. Yeah. And that I think is a, really good positive uh, force at work within the 2A community that has historically been fractured in some ways. A friend of mine actually came up with a funny, If it would be funny if it wasn't true, um, but it was uh, <laughs> gun owners against gun owners. And, um, you know, I think that's the left's, or I shouldn't say the left, the, it's the anti-guns industry's number one tool is to point us against each other and have us eat our own. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, one thing I just, uh, wanted to comment on that I saw on your website that I think is really cool. You've done a lot of work on, um, the history of, um, black ownership of firearms in the, not just in our country, but in world history. And you've kind of documented it through by year. And, uh, you know, it's not, um, it's nothing that, is promoted in on the evening news like we've talked about and i think it's important for people to not forget history so uh do you want to mention anything about that anything that when you were doing that research that was surprising to you or interesting to you or did you learn a lot when you were doing all that or did you just outsource it i I, you know i'm I'm a nerd at heart i'll I'll be very honest Mm -hmm. and i love reading i love absorbing information and one of the things, uh, and this, uh, uh, a teacher told me this years ago, and you guys have heard it since then, 
if you don't know your history, you're going to repeat it. If you don't know your past, you're going to repeat it uh, or be unable to move forward in the future. And what we do is make sure that our gun owners, and I really want to make sure everybody understands this, our gun owners in our organization are inundated constantly with information about our history as gun owners. We talk about the deacons of defense. They were a group of ex-vets that helped protect voters voters in the 60s from uh, being uh, being unable to to vote, they protected them literally. Mm. We talk about the Black Panthers of self defense. We talk about Tuskegee Airmen. We talk about the Buffalo Soldiers. All those great rich stories in our community that folks don't really know. So when you when you go through NAG, and I said this before, but I really want folks to really grasp this: you are educated mm. constantly. You're just always getting information. Oh, I didn't know about that. You talk about Nat Turner. We talk about Harry Tubman. She had a shotgun and a and a revolver. And she literally went up and down the country from the north to the south with slaves with just a shotgun and a revolver in the middle of the night in the south. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, that's when you think about the, the, the challenge that she had on a daily basis, but yet she did it. She saved hundreds, if not thousands of folks. So our people are just, they're gun owners. Yeah. But there are also many historians on, on what has happened in the past. And, and I think that's a really good, a good um point of note uh point a point of uh, an interest that folks should need to need to really understand yeah and i think uh that's important to point out you know the history and tradition of firearms ownership in our country and how you've done a great job in cataloging that and and you know m- marking down for historical sake the uh, rich history of firearms ownership in the black community throughout our country's history and throughout the world's history but the other thing um, that that really does is it funnels the Second Amendment down to what its true intent and purpose was. It wasn't yeah. so that we can put ducks and deer on the table at night, right? And right. and your website is very uh, – it says it right as you click on the home button. The unique history of gun ownership, firearms training, and self-defense focused. That's what the tradition of our Second Amendment was all about. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, yeah, that's the benefit of having guns is you can put food on the table, you can hunt, you can do sporting clays, you can do collecting, you can get into the military and the, and the cool, like you said, the geeky side of things or nerd out on, right. on some right. of the actions of guns and the historicity of all that. <laughs> but really the, the second amendment exists because of our founders acknowledgement that uh, these are rights given to us by our Creator, and they are unalienable. They're inalienable. You can't take them away. You can't attach conditions to them, and they're here to keep a government in check against you know the threat of a tyrannical government coming up and knowing that the armed populace would stop that type of an uprising, and b to protect ourselves against uh, those who would wish us harm and wish to do us harm and make sure we can go home to our families at night or protect our families at night. Yeah. The second amendment I think is something that we don't talk about enough. You know, it's, it's like a, a great insurance policy that we all just assume is going to be there, but you realize it immediately if something happens and you don't have that option that, to have cut that coverage. Uh, we just need to talk about it, make sure that people understand how we got to that point of having a second amendment and why it's so important. If you're a gun owner, mm. um, why you have to fight for it. Yeah. In the last few years, did you see uh, some new gun owners come into the organization that, um, you know, might have been anti-gun before or weren't really uh, convinced that firearms ownership was a good idea? 
It's so it's so funny, and I was just thinking about that before the show. Prior to COVID, I had probably fifty or sixty personal friends that were anti-gun. We're good friends, you know. We have working relationships, but we would kind of go banter back and forth. They were anti-gun, and obviously, I'm promoting a pro-gun. But when COVID came into the picture, that removed all the 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 theory because theory is trumped always by reality. Mm. And they had to literally sit there and say, you know what? I don't know with COVID if we're going to have a a working system of government. I don't know if we're going to have food. I don't know if the zombies are literally going to be coming pretty soon. So those questions were asked you know, internally by a lot of folks, black, white, male, female across this country. And many thousands of those folks became NAGA members. Mm. I remember one time we had 2,800 people join between a Friday and a Monday morning. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. That's that, that's our recommend. That, that, that's a lot of folks for it. That's not obviously Google or, um, you know, Facebook numbers. But for us, that that's that's pretty huge mm-hmm. because they are all saying the same thing, having the same conversation. But yet they didn't know each other across the country. I need to get a gun. I need to make sure if somebody bangs on that door looking for food or this total chaos. I need to be able to protect my family and my or myself. And that's what happened. Many of those members became NAGA. Many of those folks became NAGA members. And we have them to this day because they realize when the rubber hits the, hits the road and somebody's banging on your door, you need to be able to protect yourself. And and not nobody's going to come and save you. Let, let me say that. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes you got to show people, right? And Correct. That's what it takes for their eyes to be opened and um, realize and say, oh, now I get it. Like, uh, yes, this, yes. it all makes sense now. <laughs> right, right. You right. know, when you see your cities burning and, you know, criminals being released from prison and, you know, this soft on crime approach isn't working, all of a sudden people are like, so yeah, about those guns. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the thing that, another thing I want to point out real, real quickly before I forget it, one of the, the, the benefits are, are are the results of that because those owners that are now new gun owners, when they hear somebody saying those crazy gun owners, they look at themselves and say, hey, I'm one of those crazy gun owners now that you're talking about, and I'm not crazy. I'm just a normal man, a normal guy, normal woman. I'm an American citizen that wants to have a gun. Mm. What's wrong with me? Right. So before when they heard that 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 statement, those crazy gun owners, they, he's kind of like, you know, yeah, they're probably right. They probably are a bunch of crazy yahoos out there running around. But now I'm that new gun owner. I'm that newbie. I'm that post-COVID or during COVID, I bought that gun to protect my family. And they look at those gun laws a little differently now. And they look at politicians differently now. And I think that's a good thing because it, it's a healthy debate that we have in this country that I think we need to have. Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest surprises in a state like ours that is heavily restricted, heavily uh, gun controlled, is when somebody would come in during those times and say, hey, I'm here, I want to buy a gun. And I'm like, I'm, I'm about to break their heart because they've been swallowing the spoon-fed message from mainstream media for the last 30 years that it's easier to buy a gun than rent a library book or to buy an apple or something like that. Right. And I start to tell them the process and you see the face like, what? You know, we still live in a state where uh, you have to um, take a class, pay a fee, uh, yeah. get your fingerprints, get your photographs, submit them to the local PD. 
They do an extensive and exhaustive background check. The state does one simultaneously. Then after three months, they're going to ship you back a license that says you can now exercise your Second Amendment right. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. And, That's crazy. <laughs> isn't it? And we, we would never tolerate that with any other right. And for, like you said, when you decided you wanted a gun, I'm not crazy. But that's what they want you to believe is that you're crazy because you want a gun. And holy smokes, crazy people are want, want guns. So we need to make a whole series of roadblocks and hoops and, and, you know, viper pits for them to wade through in order to achieve their goal of owning a gun. Right. And, and that's what we've been fighting with up here for the last 40 years. But uh, the good news is I think our rights are slowly being restored uh, you know, through, through the courts and through uh, winning hearts and minds of people and welcoming more people who may or may not think or look like us under the tent. And that's what's going to preserve the Second Amendment for deca- decades to come. I, I agree. Definitely. Hey, hey Philip, why don't you uh, tell everyone where they can find you if they want to become a member? Uh, okay. tell, tell us what you got going on, what you got coming up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, before we run out of time, I want to make sure I give you time to. Go, go ahead and plug the organization and what, what, where to sign up. Sure. Um, first of all, again, thanks for letting me have a few moments to chat with you. I've loved it again. Mm. If anyone's listening to me and you want to join the organization, go to www.naaga.co. We'd love to have you. Look around. Don't jump in and join without knowing what the organization is about. Look at the history. Look at what we're doing. Look at all the cool pictures. You'll see some of the activities in our chapters. And then join. And we'd love to have you. But as I said before, we're going to give you a big hug, possible kiss, and <laughs> our high five, and welcome you to the organization. We need more folks that are um, believers in the Second Amendment that want to do the right thing and, and be a good citizen in this country. And that's what we're about. So um, thank you for the time. And definitely look forward to seeing all the new folks that are going to join. Well, amen to that, brother, and I appreciate you and all that you do for the Second Amendment. There's a lot of work yet to be done, and uh, and thanks for uh, thanks for um, you know bringing more people to the table and inviting more people under the tent. If it weren't for you, there'd be fifty one thousand people out there. You know, maybe wouldn't have the same type of firearms training and instruction, and and uh, you know the welcomeness if you will, to the, to the second amendment community. So absolutely, um, that's huge. And uh, I think that's something that our, our community is slowly learning to do. And uh, I think you put your foot on the gas and really accelerated that. And uh, you're making the world a better place by doing it. So we'll, we'll definitely have to do this again. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate the time. Yeah. Anytime. And uh, maybe I'll be able to see you down in July. That'd be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you now. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know. Uh, meet you face to face, and uh, and that'd be awesome. I'd love to uh, chat with you some more offline about that. And uh, oh, sure. And sure. Uh, we'll we'll definitely have to take you up on that. So, uh, thanks so much, and uh, everybody. That's Philip Smith from NAGA, the National African American Gun Organization or Gun Association. There's chapters in all 50 states, and you too can be one of the 51,000 people out there doing some great work for our second amendment and uh thank you for listening to rapid fire the show ends here but remember you can tune in on rapidfireradio.us you can listen to archive shows there it's a podcast format wherever you find your podcast you can download it make sure you keep up the good fight and support your local community be an advocate for responsible gun ownership together as americans we can overcome anything 
I'm Toby Leary, and thanks so much. God bless. We'll see you next week.